0: Asman and Budic Podcast starts right now.
1: Welcome into the Asman and Budic Show. Jake Asman alongside not Dan Budic. Dan Budic somehow he's on vacation once again. Jake Chernock, our executive producer of the program, stepping in to help us sit down with ESPN baseball insider Tim Kirchner in just a bit. But Jake, what's up with Dan? He's gone again.
0: Dude, the kid is always on vacation. I don't know what the problem is. How come we don't get any vacation
1: days? We don't get get enough vacation days. It really is unbelievable. But ESPN Baseball insider and analyst Tim Kirchner, he will join us in just a bit. And I think one thing we definitely have to talk to Tim Kirchner about is all these competitive division races. Of course, both of us being big Yankee fans, Yankees and the Blue Jays going at it to the bitter end, trying to figure out who's going to come home with that ALA's crown.
2: Yeah,
0: I'm interested to see who Tim has coming out of this division. The Blue Jays, three-and-a-half game lead. As the time of this recording, we'll see how this big three-game series against the Jays goes for the Yankees uh, coming up this week. But so much to talk about with Tim, and it should be a great chat.
1: No question. We'll also get to Matt Harvey's situation with the Mets. How many innings is this guy going to be allowed to throw? What's his situation for the playoffs? And we'll certainly touch on the NL wild Cards. Of course, you know, the Cubs and uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates, they're looking at a one-game playoff that could decide who's advancing in all their great seasons might not mean that much if they go home after one game. One of those teams will. But we'll get to ESPN baseball insider Tim Kirchner and his thoughts on all things baseball right after this.
0: Unflippable, unflappable, unleakable. The Gustbuster is the only umbrella that won't flip inside out, rip, tear, or leak. Capable of withstanding winds over 55 miles per hour. All of our umbrellas are constructed of the finest quality materials and backed by a limited lifetime guarantee. What are you waiting for? Visit GusBuster.com and get your GusBuster today. You are listening to the Asmin and Muted Podcast on ICTV.org and on
2: iTunes.
1: Back here on the Asman and Budick Show, Jake Asman alongside Jake Chernock. Lots going on in the world of baseball, and we figured who better to have on than ESPN baseball analyst Tim Kirchin. Tim, how are you?
2: I'm Well, fellas, how you doing? We're
0: good, Tim. We're good. Thanks so much for calling in. Uh, my pleasure.
1: Tim, we'll start with the AL West. Texas now has a game and a half lead. How surprised are you that things have come together so well for Texas in the second half?
2: Well, I sure didn't see this coming uh, not two months ago. Uh, at the beginning of the year, I didn't see anything like this happening after you Darvish got hurt. And then with all sorts of other things that went wrong, I didn't see any of this happening. But once they got Cole Hamels, once they got Derek Holland back, once they got Adrian Beltre off the disabled list, then they added Mike Napoli, then they rebuilt their bullpen right in front of our eyes. Uh, this has really come together in a really big way for the Rangers. They are now a runaway train, and even though they've lost a couple games lately, I think they're going to win this division. And I don't know anyone that saw that coming at the beginning of the year, and I don't see—I don't know anyone that saw that coming two months ago. It just goes to show you when you add a couple of big pieces, guys such as Cole Hamels. It can change the outlook in a qu- in a very very fast way. Hamels is four and one for the Rangers, struck out twelve and his last start for them. They are really rolling.
0: And Tim, with the Astros having been in con- uh, in control of that division virtually all year, what has happened to Houston over the last few weeks?
2: Well, yeah, they've had a you know a year long issue with putting the ball in play, which we all know about. They're the 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 ultimate. You know all or nothing team they hit a lot of homers and they're they're on a pace to strike out more team more times than in the Cubs than any team that's ever gone to the playoffs if they make it of course. but even more than that their bullpen has really let them down in September. as of the other day they had a 660 ERA in September that's the highest bullpen ERA of any team in the major league. And that bullpen that was so good early on and still has a chance to be so good it really let them down for a couple weeks in September. They lost a couple games they shouldn't have lost. And it certainly hasn't helped that Carlos Gomez, who they acquired at the trade deadline, to give them a veteran presence and another bat in the middle of the order. He's been hurt a lot lately. So you put all that together, and that's why the Astros are starting to slide. And we just know this: they're really good when they when they're at home, and they're not very good when they're on the road.
1: Now, Tim, the Astros are going to be one of those teams that might have to fight for the wild card if they don't win that division. You look at the teams fighting for that second wild card spot, and as we sit here right now, who do you have, you know, finishing in that second spot? Assuming the Yankees or the Blue Jays get that top spot.
2: Yeah, I think the Yankees are going to win that first wild card. Blue Jays win the division. Uh, I still like Houston in that division, I mean, for the wild card, but it's going to be real interesting to watch the Twins, who've hit a little rough spot here. They're I think their youth starting to catch up to them. The Angels uh, certainly have a shot, and they get Houston three games this week, starting Monday, which is crucial for them. Um, they still have a chance. Amazingly, Cleveland is still in this after so many things that have gone wrong. But it doesn't sound like a big lead, but when you're up by two-and-a-half games with, you know, two weeks to play, that team usually wins. So I'm going to say Houston wins the wild card, the second one, and plays a wild card game at Yankee Stadium. Winner stays on, loser goes home. But these next two weeks are going to be just fantastic.
0: And you just touched on the Blue Jays. What's the word on Troy Tulowitzki and a timetable for his return?
2: Yeah, I talked to um, Alex Anthopoulos, their GM, the other day, and he told me that two weeks after the injury, which is about they're about a week into it, they're going to get another MRI and another CT scan on Tulawitzki's shoulder blade, and they'll know a whole lot more then. After in another week, if they see it's not healing very well. Um, that's really going to put the playoffs, at least the early playoffs, in danger for Lewicki. But Anthopoulos was pretty encouraged that he's making some progress, to is, and that it's getting better. But it's such an unusual injury for a baseball player. It's more of a football player injury. So they're not quite sure what to make of it, since so few baseball players have had this injury. But, My guess is he'll play in October, but I just don't see him being 100%. I don't see him being the productive player that he's been because I think this is going to linger, and I think it's going to bother him for most of the month if he's able to play.
1: And we're talking with ESPN baseball analyst Tim Cochin. Tim, switching to the National League, is there any chance Matt Williams returns as the manager of the Nationals in 2016? Or with this season being as disappointing as it's been for the Nationals, is he kind of just out if this team doesn't make the playoffs?
2: Well, there's a chance he's coming back because Mike Rizzo, the general manager, hand-picked him to be the manager. And in, in Matt Williams' defense, they've had a bunch of injuries there and a bunch of guys that just didn't perform up to expectations. But having said that, I don't think it's going to be Mike Rizzo that makes the decision. I think it's going to be ownership, and I don't think Matt Williams is going to come back next year. This is a tricky spot they're in, expectations exceptionally high, and uh, maybe the most disappointing team in the National League this year. So I don't think Matt Williams is going to survive um, unless Mike Rizzo gets the decision or gets the and only then will he be back
0: and tim as far as the mets are concerned what do you think the move is going to be as far as their rotation is concerned when they uh when they make it to the playoffs
2: well that's a great question they have so many moving parts with that rotation but i think and we're all guessing on this i think they're going to start game one with jacob DeCrom. I think they're going to pitch Bartolo Cologne in game two. I think they're going to pitch Matt Harvey in game three and Steven Matts in game four. And I think that way they can give Harvey a little bit of extra rest. I think having Colon, a veteran pitcher, in game two, which might be on the road, which would be a very important start, and him being a veteran, I think he'd be most equipped best equipped to pitch that game. I think Stephen Matz has to be in the rotation because he's pitched so well and being left-handed and with great stuff, I think he has a chance to be dominant in the playoffs here or there. But I think it all comes down to how often you're going to use Matt Harvey and when you're going to use him. And that's really what the next two weeks are going to be all about. How are we going to get the best out of this guy?
1: And Tim, you mentioned Matt Harvey. Tonight against the Yankees, the Mets only allowed him to pitch five innings. What has been your take on this whole inning situation with him and Scott Boris?
2: Well, it's <laughs> a really tricky spot the Mets are in now. And I admire them for protecting him the way they have and making sure in every way possible to uh, to make sure he can pitch in October but also protecting him along the way. The problem is if you protect him too much and don't pitch him enough, he could get rusty. If you pitch him too much, he could get hurt. So there there are no definitive answers on this. So it's a very, very interesting spot that they're in, but I, I think they just have to play it out the next two weeks and see where he best fits and how many innings, how many pitches he can throw. But it just seems they're going to have to build the whole rotation around his availability, and that's going to be tricky in itself.
0: With so many questions around the wild card game and then so many dominant teams, the NL Central with the Cubs, the Pirates, and the Cardinals all having three of the best records in the National League, what are your thoughts on the wild card game moving forward and how it might change over time?
2: Well... I I like the wild card the way that it's set up because it brings extra integrity to the regular season, and I think that's important. I, I know there was a time not too long ago where it really didn't matter much whether you won your division or the wild card, and I think this is, the way it's set up now, it makes you win your division, which is kind of the idea when the season begins. That's the first step. Now, I understand if Pittsburgh plays Chicago in the wild card game that maybe the third best team in the National League, if not the entire Major League, could go home after one game, and that just doesn't seem fair. But this this might be the first time since the three-division format came in 21 years ago that the three best records in one league came out of one division this is an aberrant season i don't think they're going to change the wild card for next year but sure they're going to look at it and say is this still fair the way we're doing it they'll examine it i think they'll do the same thing next year but if it becomes an issue where really good teams the third best team second best team in the league gets to play one playoff game and they're gone uh if that happens a whole bunch of times then they're going to re-examine it and make a change.
1: And finally, Tim, what's up with Scott Van Pelt and him always being able to make you laugh with his impression of a Maryland accent?
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> Scott is one of the funniest people in the whole world. You know, everyone has somebody in your life that two people that just make you laugh no matter what they say. For me, that's who Scott is. He makes me laugh all the time. But his—he's from Maryland. I'm from Maryland, and that Baltimore accent that he does, and he can do every accent and every dialect. It's just hysterically funny. <laughs> but you have to live in Maryland to really appreciate how distinctive that accent is, and now I know it's coming, and I I can't help it. I've tried to stop, and I can't. He just He just tickles my funny bone all the time, and, I'm not going to apologize for laughing once in a while because we're covering sports for a living. There's nothing wrong with that.
1: Well, Tim, we thank you for coming on our show for a couple minutes of your time. Uh, We really do appreciate it, and uh, best of luck the rest of the baseball season.
2: Okay, guys. Good luck at Ithaca.
0: Thank you for listening to the Asmund and Budick podcast. Make sure you go on to iTunes and subscribe to the show.